Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am here with Tina Lee and Stacey Nolan. How are you guys? Fine. Doing great. Thank you so much for joining me today. So I'm excited to talk to you. Number one, we're in Atlanta, we're in our studio, so I love that. And number two, you guys are doing some really cool things. Um, so I want to introduce Stacy and Tina really quickly. Stacy Nolan and Tina Lee are passionate moms and wives, professional women, and fiercely driven entrepreneurs who met more than eight years ago while serving as project managers of physician practices at Major Hospital Corporation. Early on, Stacy and Tina discovered their commonalities and similar beliefs, identifying numerous gaps and opportunities in the physician practice while having a strong desire to improve the performance and revenue of each practice. Both Stacy and Tina began to brainstorm about ways to truly make an impact. Hence, Revved Up Consulting was formed. Revved Up is a partnership of two healthcare experts with over 30 years experience in revenue cycle management. Revved Up Consulting's mission is to provide training programs and step-by-step solutions to and best practices that will help healthcare professionals lead with confidence and either maintain or take back control of their practice billing. We believe that with proper training and systems, success is inevitable. Our online course and training systems aim to impact a large audience of healthcare practices with a sprinkling of fun and uplifting content. So I am excited. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're excited too. So tell me how you got started in the healthcare billing field. So um, I actually started with a major healthcare entity here in Atlanta um, in their billing department. Mm. So I started mainly as a practice support, um, physician practice liaison. So that meant that I went back and forth with some of the practices that were being acquired and helped them with their billing practices or if they had questions. It just really served as a client service liaison. Mm -hmm. And within that corporation is actually where I met Stacy. Um, So she became part of our team as well. And we formed a a, a tight bond because we found that we were uh, very similar in the way that we did work and the way that we thought. Um, And we had a lot of fun, of course, like going out to eat together and we became very good friends. Um, So we just found that we had a lot in common. Yes. Yeah. Um, Including our palates. We like to eat international (laughs) cuisine. Very nice. Yes. Any kind of food. Mm Mm-hmm. And my story's similar. Of course, that's where Tina and I met. um, But I've always had a a background with help working with insurance companies, regulatory, Uh an investigator for the state, and kind of all centered around healthcare and the things that should be done, Mm -hmm. you know, what the law requires, and then just in terms of what, you know, standard operating procedures. So I was able to see in my different positions along the way um, what things should be done in offices and billing and healthcare and what things shouldn't be done. So it just kind of was natural for me to say when I met Tina, you know, like, I've been seeing these things for a while. It's time to put, create 
uh, closure to the gaps that I see uh -huh. and make a difference and make impact in an right. entrepreneurial way. Absolutely. So going out as an entrepreneur is never easy. Not it not takes, it's a huge risk. Yes. So when you started going into uh, thinking about doing your own business, tell me about that process and how comfortable, because you left a, a corporate healthcare job. Yes, right. It's not easy to leave the benefits right. and the salary and the structure. So tell me what was the breaking point? When was enough enough? And when did you say, I think we can do this on our own and do a better job? So that's an interesting story, actually, because I remember back when um, I had just had my second child. It was about 2017, uh -huh. and then Stacy and I were working in the same department, but we were both feeling a same sort of way. Like this doesn't feel like it's enough for us. We're uh -huh. we're going to see practices, but we don't really feel like we are meeting our full potential. Like we could do more. Um, and actually, Stacy came to me around 2017 and asked if um, I wanted to partake in a business idea with her. Yeah. So at the time, I, I was a little hesitant. I had uh, a six-month-old. Yeah. Um, and everything was just running wild and crazy. So I told her I would think about it. And then I, I, we took some time and thought about it. I talked to some of my family members. And then from then on, I... I contacted Stacy again. I was like, hey, I think I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. So it was um, a long journey of conversations of what could we do? What could we put out there? And we knew that we wanted to impact our audience and f physician healthcare um, and practices on a larger scale. But how could we really do so? Um, and did that what did that look like? Did it look like we were going to put together a corporate consulting firm or mm -hmm. did we want to do something um, a little bit out of the box? And then from there, um, we did some more soul searching and come up and we came up with an online course, which we thought would be one of the best ways um, to use this platform to reach a wider audience. So not just people within a specific service area, but in a wider network. So we could get our message out there. And one of the things that we truly stand on is just being kind to people, um, just really focusing on lifting people up. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to be able to spread that message too. So really for us, this online platform, our YouTube videos, our, our little reels that we put out, they're, they're meant to be fun and engaging, but they're also meant to spread, spread a um, message of motivation too. Okay, yeah. very cool. And, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, you, your question you asked was, or you posed, how did we, or when did we know it was time? And of course, right. you know, entrepreneurship is challenging and stepping out on faith mm. is what it requires. Yeah. Um, so when I actually, um, back in 2019-ish, 2020, I actually was in corporate, um, the corporate world, I got sick. Oh. And I was already in the process of building something that I knew was worth building and could impact people mm -hmm. so and when I was sick it just uh, it allowed me time to kind of really sit back and say to myself what is it you really want to do with your life right and based on what you're dealing with how are you going to you know make it work yeah. so that was the catalyst for for me to at least launch out on the deep and try you know to really get this stuff in my head on paper and, uh -huh. and make it a business and so that's hence you know, revved up consulting. And we, we changed our, um, we went from wanting to be a brick and mortar kind of consulting to okay. uh, online course consulting because it fit just based on the, I guess, the atmosphere yeah. of COVID. It was a COVID yeah. time, yeah. You know, so we had so, to adjust. So you guys started this company in the middle of a pandemic. What was that like? 
it was like, okay, we've got to regroup. Uh-huh. You know, what, what angle will we, or what approach will we take based on us knowing that? You can't just go knocking on doors, right. unmasked, mm-hmm. you know, with a plan, because people are going to say. Especially yeah. because, I mean, healthcare, they were a little busy. And health, they were a little, just a little, little busy. Bit, yes. <laughs> and healthcare was hit hard, you mm. know. And, and, and as much as we were yeah. trying to really fine-tune this business, healthcare was fine-tuning, because billing, everything was impacted in such a large way right. with the um, COVID. It. So we just decided to roll with the punches. You know, yeah. sometimes when you're dealing with rough, hard times, you've got to learn how to just roll with it in the way in, in the way that it will be beneficial to all. And that's what we did. We said, mm. OK, well, the codes are changing. This is opportunity yeah. versus a, you know, a negative and that we could now create. And that's why we just, we changed to online course format because we knew that we wanted this to be available, whether you were at home in the office, you know, couldn't come to knock on your door to, to consult, you know, with you or for you. So it was, it was actually a good, I think, thing that happened. Yeah. Well, it makes you rethink and it makes you really dive deep into what's the mission and how can we rethink the mission, right? Yes, Yes, absolutely. If your mission is to help people and Mm -hmm. to help billing and simplify, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe brick and mortar is not the way, right? Yeah. And it actually happened um, at a a time where everybody was going online. So it made sense for us to look at this um, in this Mm -hmm. avenue. And then um, just the fact that you know, we were all going through a hard time. We were all at home, but when bad things happen, sometimes you have to just open your mind and see what the opportunity is. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, we were able to come together and and really think about it. Like, so this is what's going on in healthcare. It's scary. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of healthcare professionals. Um, People are just leaving the industry. There's, you know, COVID has impacted us for years at this point. I mean, from 2020 up till now. Um, So really... A, a good way to impact these people is to go online, meet them where they are, where they can um, have an ear to listen to our message. Um, and we just shifted into this new way of doing this, um, these types of messaging. And it just worked out for us. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I imagine has got to be difficult and that's got to keep you on your toes is compliance changes rapidly, doesn't yes. it, in the healthcare world. So you're constantly having to pay attention to what policies are changing mm-hmm. and that happens very quickly and sometimes it's not always as well published published or publicized as it should be so how do you stay on top of everything and how do you keep all of your content up to date well we try to make sure that we follow you know the, the associations that really publish information regarding healthcare right. to keep us current you know on it the laws on the codes and specifically on the coding mm-hmm. you know as it relates to healthcare. so keeping um, informed or staying up to date on those things are right drives us our, our ability to be relevant or to be helpful right absolutely yeah absolutely so um on the professional side it's as stacy mentioned being in associations making sure you bone up on the reading i ascribe to a lot of different healthcare newsletters so we know mm-hmm. what changes are coming out what new codes are coming out for the year if there are any insurance policy changes um, mm-hmm. and what those may be so really 
to be successful is really knowing the information and knowing where to find it and where to get updated as as often as possible. Right, absolutely, because yes. that's a full time job in itself. I'm I'm assuming that yes. it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, well that's a, sounds like a great resource. So, uh, as a minority woman owned company, mm-hmm. right? So you have two minority women yeah. who have joined together, and you are starting a company. What challenges did you face in in launching? So I don't know that as as far as being a minority and the challenges really stood out for me because, Uh I mean, I just felt like what we have or what we had at the time would would transcend, you know, things. And I feel like we it's inclusive. You know, the the the, the, uh, online courses are, you know, really promote inclusive inclusivity. And at the end of the day, the goal was to make sure that. COVID that impacted the healthcare industry and the workforce, the way people, yeah. who, what they look like, you know, sure. millennials who came saying, okay, I'll work. Or a lot of them who said, oh, I don't want to work. Yeah. Um, so you're dealing with a new crop of folks coming to work and they really don't even know the basics. So mm. we really stood on our principles of making sure people knew the basics, which transcends anything. And it really does. As yeah. far as being a minority, you know, that's a beautiful thing. It but is. it didn't impact us in any adverse way. I think Good. Because of the content and because of what we actually, um, we've created. It's a very inclusive and very um, positive and uplifting, uplifting kind of, um, I guess, you know, dynamic that we have um, together. Yeah. And um, and then, of course, in what we, we create in our printed material in our online course. Yeah. yeah. I think that we, Stacy and I, and, and women and people like us, we represent the changing face of healthcare. Absolutely. So there's a lot more minor, minorities within healthcare. There's a lot more women in leadership um, in particular. And through that all, Stacy and I, on a regular basis, we're just friends. So yeah. I think that comes through in our interactions with our clients, mm-hmm. with our with our audiences. So we just like to connect with people and we like to talk. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we'd like to coach and to teach. And the premise of our business is to help people um, and help them invest in their training so that they can succeed in their roles. Yeah. Value, add value and show people that they are valuable. Absolutely. Um, And from leadership on, you know, down and up, you know, it's important to really show and tell people that they're valuable. Yes. Well, and I love that you guys, you know, we're talking about how content and the education is really, it's, it's colorblind, you know, it's something that everybody can benefit from Mm -hmm. everybody can learn. And it's an equalizer, right? It's an equalizer. If you can educate at the same pace, and you can, you know, there's, there's no you're in and you're out and you know this is only for this group you're not you're not able to exclude anyone I think that Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful thing education is something that nobody can take from you so absolutely absolutely okay so so tell me a little bit more about when you when you started your business did you have to go out and find financing for your business and how do you build an online course and how do you make it something uh, and how good do you have to be at social media to to promote that (laughs) So we, we, we used the change that we had in our pocket. Okay, right? good, good. I, I'm a big <laughs> Which, bootstrapping yes, believer, yes. so I, I'm with you. Um, we didn't, you know, as far as our the money that we needed up front, it wasn't mm-hmm. a lot. Good. The, the, we invested in 
proper training for ourselves to sure. how to really structure an online course. So that's the bulk of the expense. Of course, you mm. know, forming the company and state requirements, things like that. That's you know, sure. s- small change, I guess I'll say. And if for and then maybe I shouldn't play play downplay it because for somebody who's interested in starting, you know, business, there is of course money that you will sure. need. And so yeah. we, but we were able between between the two of us, you know, have our change in hand to um, first of all make sure that we had the proper um, online platform and so Mm -hmm. that's where money comes in and Tina is a marketer extraordinaire. Oh, really? Uh, okay, so. good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we, we we didn't have to spend. Well, we do have to spend money. We'll pay yes. you later. So speaking uh-huh. of <laughs> speaking of bootstrapping, yes, uh-huh. a lot of it does come just you know from homegrown in my own little mm-hmm. basement office. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Spending time on social media, looking at what the messaging is out there, and yes. just a lot of spending time just writing, creating. Yes. Um, developing yourself yeah Yeah. what could we talk about what are um some of the needs of our clients and our audiences and it's really just um, making sure our content is going to reach uh, the people that we want to reach and really Mm -hmm. send the message that we Mm -hmm. want to send yeah absolutely yeah content and branding can be very very challenging and that's something that i feel like um a lot of people try to do in-house, but mm-hmm. if you don't have the skill set right. for it, you can hold yourself back. And I know me in particular, I've thought I could do it. And then, you know, it's it's an easy thing to get distracted, but it takes consistency, right? Absolutely. And I'm not yes. consistent enough yes. with it. Yes. So I've learned that about myself. Mm-hmm. I have to send, I have to delegate this. This is not something I can do because I'm not consistent with it, but consistency is the key, right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. And I think with Stacy and I, that's the beauty of why our partnership works is yeah. because I view Stacy as the the brains, the, the, the content uh-huh. maven. Um, she's the one that really hits hard with knowing um, this is a type of content that we should push forward Mm -hmm. and then I bounce off a lot of ideas off of her as well and from the things that she creates which is just amazing I can go on and do my work which my brain is more marketing focused it's more creative creative definitely making sure things look good sound good and that's where our our partnership is successful right and we you know and I I don't want to preach right now but there's a scripture in the Bible that says one could put one to shame, and I think two can put 10,000 to shame. Oh, so interesting. Us, you know what I mean? I think both mm. of us leaning in on, in our, into ourselves with our skills and what we do well, mm. we bring to the table, and it, it works. And, of course, you know, we know at the end of the day we can't do it all. And there right. may be a time we'll have to say, okay, we have to really spend this money to get this person involved. But for now, we've been able to sure. manage it in a way that is um, – feasible and of course doable um and we it works yeah well that's wonderful um so tell me a little bit as you're starting your journey and you're launching a company in the middle of covid did you find that it was almost easier because most people were working remote and in front of their computers versus if you had to do a brick and mortar like looking back now was this the right move for you I believe so. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because people are looking, they're watching mm. and they're saying, oh, okay, let me learn more asking. And of course, signing up um, right now, it, we, as we mentioned, or maybe we didn't mention, you know, our, cl- our class is just recently launched. Mm-hmm. So the, the impact that 
COVID had in terms of us being more taking a, a, a more intent approach to getting on social media and spreading the message about who we are, mm-hmm. what we represent, and what are what we're doing um, has has been beneficial. It's been good because yes, people are tuned in and they're mm-hmm. they have a lot of time. Well, not so much now, but I think people are still kind of being lulled to sleep by yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that works works in our favor because we're able to, you know, get in people's face right there and, and sure. share what we have. Yeah, and I think COVID really changed the way all of us worked for a long time. We shifted from going into an office every day to a lot of us working remote. Yeah. So we had to learn how to get online and to work Zoom and to work video cameras and to be really comfortable with um, the online resources that are available. So in that way, I think starting our business during COVID was for us a huge opportunity because everyone was already getting comfortable with getting online. So for us, it just made sense. Um, And then the mindset was already open to uh, having people provide services online. Mm -hmm. So we just fit together nicely at at a right time. Yeah. Well, and there's so much to be said for starting a business on the uphill, right? Because right. when when COVID hit and all these people started jumping into real estate because that was the hottest new thing, right. that's jumping in a market on the downhill. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is there's going to be an end, right? Yeah, and absolutely. if you're going too fast, you can crash land. It's yes. always good if you're starting on the uphill. Mm-hmm. And so some of the most successful businesses in history were started in the middle absolutely. of a recession, that's in right. the middle of the depression. Exactly right. And so starting on the uphill, you're already climbing. Mm-hmm. And there's nowhere to go but up, right? That's right. And so, yeah, I, I don't like starting on a downhill because the only place you're going is down. down. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. So, yeah, so I'm a big fan of, of you know, when it when it looks really hard, that's the time you want to jump you in. Dig in. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yep. So tell me a little bit more about uh, your previous jobs. Like, did you have jobs in your past that kind of led you down, or did you know you always wanted to be in healthcare? Uh, I definitely had jobs that let me down the path. Every uh-huh. job that I had from graduating from college was in healthcare or not, yeah. Well, let me not say healthcare, insurance. Okay. So from benefits, a benefits analyst yeah. on group life insurance to training to auditing to working, like I mentioned earlier, as an investigator for, you know, the state uh-huh. in healthcare right. to, you know, being a project manager at insurance, not insurance, but at a um, hospital. Mm. Um, So I think, yes, I've always believed I've had an entrepreneurial spirit. But in terms of healthcare, knowing that would be the area, no. (sighs) Uh, My first um, entrepreneur experience was a paper girl. Oh, yeah. Um, And so I should be rich by now. I know. But, you know, know. we'll just keep on trying. But yes, so I knew that I was going to be, I had an entrepreneurial spirit you know, and tried other things. Right. But in terms of healthcare, I think everything that led me up to the, the point when we started uh-huh. was in process, you know, for years and years. Yeah. Very cool. So unlike Stacy, I would say that I had a bit of a more roundabout path uh-huh. because I actually graduated with a degree in advertising. So my first job right out of college was as a, as a media buyer. So I worked at a media agency. Um, I was one of the people who... Yes, bought all the annoying 
you know, commercials on TV uh-huh. on, during your football game when those commercials uh-huh. came on. I was the one that put them there. So, <laughs> so uh, it's okay. They were bathroom breaks. It's yeah, okay. Exa- exactly. I give you guys time to go take a break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from there, I, I jumped into consumer product marketing. Um, I actually did marketing for cleaning products. Okay. So I, I became very adept about the great mops and brooms of the world. And um, I just did all types of marketing. And then at some point, I decided that Yes, marketing, I like it. I like the promotion aspect of it. I like the communications, the creativity, mm-hmm. but I wanted something a little bit different. So I actually um, decided to put myself through graduate school. Okay. So I went to Georgia State University and got mm-hmm. my master's degree. So I got my MBA, master's of business and health administration. And through that program, I learned more about healthcare. And kind of concurrently at the time, too, um, I had several family members who were sick. So Mm -hmm. we were going through the healthcare system. And especially in my experience, I am a first gen. Mm -hmm. So meaning that my parents, my family, they immigrated here in the 1980s. So a lot of them speak very broken English. Um, Their knowledge of English is limited, but can you imagine even the knowledge of the medical jargon is even more. So um, I I was thankful that I was able to even now come in and help my family navigate the healthcare system because it is very just really fragmented even still and just very complicated. Um, And then going through that several times in my life, I've had unfortunately several people who have been ill, but like I said, I've been happy to be able to help them. I mm-hmm. have come to love healthcare. Um, and from then on, working with healthcare clients and physician practices, you really get to see on the inside what do these doctors face every day? What do the people who manage your practices, what do they go through on a daily basis? Um, and then I get kind of a 360 look at it because I've been on the patient side, but I've also mm-hmm. been within the practice. So it's a great standpoint to really inspire the work that we do. Yeah, that's wonderful. So as professionals in the industry, where do you feel like the biggest opportunities are in healthcare? Where can we see the most improvement? I think on the front end, you could could see the most, I guess, room for improvement. And the front end are the people who are at the front. Uh You know, people who are making the appointments, scheduling the appointments, greeting the patient or not the yeah, the patients at uh-huh. the door. I think that's one of the front end or one of the first areas where, you know, there could be impact. And that's simply because you mm-hmm. have to really know I think we have we're living in times where people are uptight. Right. You know, COVID made people a little uneasy. And so it, when you go into a doctor's office, you know, the person who greets you can can drive just how your appointment goes from you're already uptight naturally because you're dealing with something. So I think that on the front end is where the impact, the focus could be because I think that we need to make sure people are encouraged in a way that helps them to feel better about the jobs that they're doing, the people that they're interfacing with and, um, you know, and and just encourage them to be to be better and happy in times that even now, as much as COVID is kind of gone, kind of, I think, yeah. you know, people are nervous. You know, yeah. people we have we're living in a time where, where society we're just really a little more nervous about things because we were shaken a very in a very hard way. Yeah, well, and I think there's a distrust there too. You mm-hmm. know, there's a distrust. And you know, and, and you're right, when you're going to the doctor, very few people are in a good mood. Nobody's happy right. to be in the Nobody. doctor, right? right? We're we're pretty the right. anxiety level is high, high. because yes. you're dealing with something that is out of your control, right? right? And and we get 
anxiety when that's happening. And so the the bedside manner should really start at that front desk. Yes. It should not start mm-hmm. at the doctor, right? right. No. So, and, uh, but yeah, you're right. I think you, you're spot on with that. Yeah. Front end, a front end overhaul, and I think just, but it should start with not about. It's not just about, um, you know, hey, this is how you check a person in or check them out, but um, how do you relate to people? Right. How can you make a person feel comfortable? Yes. In an uncomfortable t- day or sure. place, <laughs> so sure. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things that we really focus on within um, our curriculum, for instance, is we focus on, we call it mastering the basics or going uh-huh. back to the basics. So in that sense, very much to add on to what Stacey has, has already said, I think that what healthcare needs right now is just an emphasis on going back to what is good patient care. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like to greet your patient when they come in, to look them in the eye, to have a good conversation with them? Um, What does it look like when everything runs smoothly? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know how to to address your patient patient concerns? Do you know how to bill correctly? And there's been a lot of influx, especially in healthcare, especially Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years because of COVID. Um, a lot of the really seasoned professionals have left the industry. Mm. So a lot of new people are coming in, but do they really have the proper training that they need? And if they don't, where can they get it? So really for us, going back to the basics, this is how from A to Z, this is how a practice should be run correctly, or this is how you increase patient satisfaction, I think is key. So really just going back to that ABC um, the fundamentals of it. And that was really, you know, driven by us knowing that everybody's on a learning curve right sure. now. Mm-hmm. Because re- when COVID hit and physicians and nurses and everybody were, you know, working around the clock to stabilize people in situations, you know, in comes this new, whole new wind of nurses mm-hmm. and clinicians. And they had to be fast-tracked in, yeah. you know. And so they're still learning. So we've right. got to, everybody needs a crash course on how to. Yeah. do things, you know, the right way and um, in a con- compassionate kind of way because right. that's what we need more. Right, now. more compassionate Compassion. care. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so so as you're going through your business, um, what do you feel were your biggest challenges in starting a business? Well, I think the biggest challenge is, is, is okay, who are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, Stacy and Tina and revved up, but who sure. are you? Right. You know, and so just really getting people to know who we are and to believe that what we're selling or doing is is worth purchasing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so I think that's and that's still something that we work we're working on, which is getting people to really know who we are. And that's why we stay in social mm-hmm. media and and of course make sure that we're engaged with people in healthcare so that sure. they can really um, get to know who we are and what we represent and what our courses are, mean. So that that probably was or is, you know, the challenge of basically the who you know, you know, who mm-hmm. are you? Who are you um, telling your story? Mm-hmm. And then personally, my, you know, the challenge that I had when we first started, as I mentioned, I got sick. Mm. But the challenge, some things, the funny thing about challenges, challenges turn into opportunities. If you're smart, they mm -hmm, they do. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, at the end of the day, you know, my challenge was I didn't I didn't know if I was going to be well enough Mm. to do whatever it was that I was trying to do. But then, of course, I had to rebuild me. 
while I'm trying to build this company. Right. But that was a, the good thing about that is when you start rebuilding you, you become a better you. Yeah. You know, and then whatever you're doing becomes better. It's like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So the challenge in, you know, just getting well, feeling better, getting my confidence back, you know, because those things happen when you're hit. Mm-hmm. When you're hit with a COVID, when you're hit in your personal life, when you're just hit. You know, so the challenge was standing, getting back up and, and just starting over or pressing forward. Yeah. You know, so. Right. And it's it's maybe not a coincidence, but I think I have a similar um, story to Stacy because uh, remember when we said that we had started talking about this this entity or this business back in 2017. So on the more personal side, what happened was I had my child and then, as I mentioned, um, we were having some family members with some medical issues and my older brother actually, he was the first person that I told this idea about and he was so excited. Yeah. He was your... Um, he was a great entrepreneur. He would always have ideas in his head, and he would go out and form new companies. And for mm. him, it just seemed like it was so easy. He could right. just have an idea, and it would just, you know, turn into something make great. It work. Right. right. He would just find a way to make it work. And for me, I, I never really thought of myself as being that type of person. Right. I kind of, in the moment, saw myself as just I'm going to follow the corporate ladder. I'm going to do what people told me that I should do, yeah. especially as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a first gen yeah. here. So I'm mm-hmm. a daughter of immigrants. So my parents came here to forge a certain type of life for themselves, but also for their children. And for me, they just wanted me to have a steady job, have a family, get married, you know, just be happy. Right. Um, but when this first germ little seedling of an uh-huh. idea came into my head, I told my brother about it. And for the first time, he looked at me as an adult, really, and not his little sister, and said, I am so proud of you. Wow. That's the first time you've come to me with a, a business idea of really breaking out and doing something for yourself. Huh. So I kept that and really took that to heart. Um, um, but unfortunately, back around 2018 or so, he suffered a traumatic brain injury. So oh, wow. he went into a coma. Um, so that was really for me just devastating my only brother my only my big brother and of course my at that point my best cheerleader about Mm -hmm. you know really going into and starting something new but um and I think this is a little bit challenging but uh when I was in the ICU room with him Mm -hmm. I promised him that I would do the things that he told me that I could do, mm. that I would live a bold life and that I would go after and start something for myself. Yeah. So I have not given up on that. Um, Good and for you. Thank you. So just working through all those challenges and um, going through the COVID season, you know, raising children at the same time, um, going through other issues as well. But the personal journey has meant that I have found my found my way, I think, through mm. all of this. Because the challenges have been there, but I found that I found out how strong I am to yeah. have risen out of that and to continue to build and to do something that I truly believe in. Yeah. Um, so that has been one of my struggles and really the struggle of believing in myself. So right. I think a lot of women, um, a lot of moms especially, we kind of fall into this trap where we get insecure or we're un- mm-hmm. uncertain if we're doing the right thing. But sometimes you just got to stay the course and yeah. realize who you are and what you're good at. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is 
one of the best things for me. Absolutely. It becomes very, very challenging, especially, you know, when you are a mom and you have children at home. I mean, there are many times throughout, you know, when I started my business and I was doing it as a single mom, I had no Mm -hmm. other income in the house. And I just thought to myself, am I crazy? I should have a paycheck and insurance. Why don't I have these basics covered when I'm a single mom of a child? And I just kept telling myself, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. You know, I had to cash out my retirement. I'm like, well, there goes that money. You know, there's the safety net. And so things like that just keep building up. And as women, I think we will we will quickly retreat into our safety zone Mm -hmm. uh, because we're so worried about how what we're doing and the decisions we're making impact everybody Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the great things and terrible things about women, right? Is that we're so focused mm -hmm. on everybody else Mm -hmm. that so many times we're not taking care of what we need and we're not being true to ourselves and we're not following our dreams and we're not pursuing those passions. So that's something as women, I think we can all do better at is, you know, making sure that we are also happy inside and not just only living for everybody else. Yes. So that leads me into one of my questions that I ask all the time. As women, we often give our power away. So Mm -hmm. can you tell me about a time that you gave your power away and then another time that you stepped into your power? Yeah. Tina, you want to try that first? And I'll come behind you. Okay, sure. So um, I have worked in corporate America for some time before entrepreneurship ever came into my brain. Yeah. It was not something, unlike Stacy, where I knew I was going to open my own business. Right. Um, That wasn't really in the cards as far as I knew. Right. Um, I was kind of happy just working my way up. And I told myself, hey, one day I'm going to just manage a department. Yeah. I'm going to have just a steady kind of life, just the life that everyone told me that I should have. Um, But really, as I got older and the more I got into things, I was never fulfilled in Mm -hmm. any of my careers, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, just doing the things that I was meant to do or or really working on projects where I put my heart into it. But in the end, it wasn't mine. It was taken by someone else or credit was given to someone else. Um, Of course, that didn't feel good. But to me, it almost felt like a felt like a personal stab. Yeah, I could not. continue to do this and I knew that I wanted to do something else but I wasn't quite sure what that would be and I was a little bit lost at the time Mm -hmm. but I think that when you're lost um, God comes to you Mm -hmm. I'm I'm Christian and I believe in spirit and and you get these little answers and people get put in your ways and in, in your in your path, I should say. Yeah. And at that point is when Stacy came to me about the business idea. And, yeah. you know, at, at that time, it was kind of put on the back burner. I wasn't quite sure. But then through the ordeal with my my brother and mm. talking through him and then really having some time to think about it. And I thought, yes, I, I do want to do something for myself. I want to build something more. I want to live a bigger life um, Mm -hmm. and really have the successes that come uh, for my career be the ones that I create. Yeah. Um, So definitely that knowing that and realizing that and putting it into fruition was giving my or getting my power back. Good. Good for you. The funny thing about that question is it's it's challenging for me to answer because I am a person who has strong faith right so I and I know like who I am right and so it's hard for me to surrender to okay let me just let somebody take my power or let somebody make me think that you're not going to you're not going to succeed right or you're not going to so um I can't really say I I recall a time that I 
gave my power away because I just believe that somebody can't shouldn't be able to make you feel less than who you are surrendering to you know the whoever's way of doing things because that's the way everybody else does it so I've kind of always been one of those persons who just is is a strong believer in faith Mm -hmm. and and just doing what I feel is that works best and as long as it's not, you know, in conflict, you know, sure. with the things that are going to be good for everybody, then, um, you know, at the end of the day, I I just don't, you know, I don't think I've given my power away. And I may have with my kids. Sure. Because, you know, you say no, no, but then you say, okay, yes, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> a little soft but, spot it, yeah, with but the in kids. terms yeah. of just in a professional capacity, you know, way or in a way related to being an entrepreneur and just saying, okay, I'm just going to you know, give in, throw in the towel or yeah. just succumb to whatever. I, I don't think that I, I've ever done that. But yeah. I, but Good. I may have. Good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think we sometimes do it in little minor ways. That minor we don't really ways. Know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, there, there's definitely some, some major, major moments in my life that I can, I can definitely pinpoint yeah but um but yeah i think having faith is is yeah, a big part mine. of that because mm-hmm. you you know it's not in, in your hands or their hands right. it's in god's hands it and all works so out it all yep. works out the way it's supposed to work out right. and whether you like it in the moment or not right, <laughs> right. Yes. So, um okay so who inspires you right now because, uh, you know, I think at different times in our uh, lives we're inspired by different sure, people, depending sure. on what our needs are, personal, professional, spiritual, emo- emotional. But right now, my daughter it just uh, fit, just went through bone marrow transplant. Wow. She had yeah. sickle cell disease, and she no longer has sickle cell disease. Wow. She inspires me to just know that anything is possible mm-hmm. and that even in your darkest of times, there's mm-hmm. light. That, that'll shine you know the sun will come out the rain will re- recede i mean yeah. you know the water will recede rain you know yeah. noah built the ark <laughs> yeah eventually yeah. the rain you know it dissipated so she is my greatest chelsea inspiration because she's such she was just a, such a fighter mm-hmm. and it just to see her um and as she still is recovering and, and moving sure. to on her path of healing I just am I admire and I'm so inspired by her. Wow, that's yep. wonderful. Well, wonderful for her, and I'm yes. very grateful that she's doing well. Thank you. So I would say my biggest inspiration, or the people who inspire me are, of course, my family, mm-hmm. uh, my parents who left their home country to come here to a, a new place where they didn't even speak the, the mm-hmm. language. They didn't know a lick of English, and they started all over again. Um, so making that decision to do that for their family and to start a new life, of course, set me on an unimaginable head start I think, yeah. that they didn't have. Um, of course, I, I mentioned my brother already. Mm-hmm. He was a big source of inspiration for me to even jump into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apart from that, you know, my husband and my children and my husband supports me every day. He's unfortunately the one that has to keep the steady uh, corporate yeah. job with the benefits <laughs> because we do have children. But, sure. you know, he does it with a smile on his face and he does it because he truly believes in our mission, too. And, and he believes that I can do what um we've set out to do. So that's, that's my biggest inspiration as well. And of course, my children. Um, but I would also say that Stacy, she is a, a wonderful source of inspiration. Aww, <laughs> for me. Me cool. <laughs> because you know, she always comes out of it. Um, whatever 
low valley she may walk through or whatever trials or tribulations, she never gives up. And she gives yeah. me a lot of strength, too. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Tina. Of course. Gives me strength. <laughs> so what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? For me, I would say to my 18-year-old self, just be confident and believe in yourself. Yeah. Because I know at that young age, you don't really you don't really know who you are or what you like or mm-hmm. what your future is going to look like. But no matter what anyone tells you, believe in yourself, believe in your heart. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid of when opportunity knocks, whatever it may be, maybe it's studying in a different country. Maybe mm-hmm. it is starting a new job or moving to a different city. Just do it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Just yeah. go for it. You never know what could happen. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I think there are three main things I would tell my 18 year old self. I uh-huh. think the first thing would be just be patient, you know, and that good things come really to those, you know, who wait. Mm. And I would also say, don't, compare yourself to anyone don't try to be like the person who's across the street and looks like they are living the life that you want because you just don't know really what's going on over there across the street sure um and then the third thing i would tell my younger self is to just pursue something that makes you very happy you know and then do it to the best of your ability you know, mm-hmm. so that you can have a life, a fulfilling life. Because, you know, if you do it for happiness sake, not for money's sake, not right. for, you know, uh, being famous sake, but just for the sake of you, it makes you happy, um, then you'll win. Yeah. You know, yeah. so those are the three things I probably would tell my younger self. Very good advice. Well, thank you guys. So... I've really enjoyed this conversation. This has been super fun for me. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I know you'll be successful at everything that you're doing. I'm wishing you all the best with your content and your online courses. And I know that they'll be super successful. And I have one more question for you. What do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew that compassion is so critical for, mm. for your own self and yeah. then for others and that yeah. to be more to be more compassionate about you know just extending more compassion is what I think is what people need to do and know more mm. and what that looks like because we could we could really create and build a better world if we all had more compassion yes 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 absolutely yeah likewise I would also say just piggybacking off of that that kindness really matters right now in Mm. this in the times that we're in and the times that we've come through there's been a lot of ugliness in the world there's been a lot of Mm. um, discontent over a whole host of issues and including in the workplace Mm -hmm. Um, so really just being kind to another we we have all been going through some things over the last several years and you don't know what struggle someone else is going through so having a little compassion having a little kindness for your fellow human is um, I think very important oh yes absolutely amen to that so thank you both so much for joining me today Tina and Stacy and tell me how people can find your online courses 
Sure. So they can check us out on our website. It is, it is www.revedupconsulting.com. Okay. And there is a tab on our website for the online course. And we're also on social, too. Um, we are Revved Up Consulting on Instagram, Facebook, mm. and we also have a YouTube channel where Stacy and I like to sit down and have little chats. We call them little coffee house chats about... Revved Up Conversations. Yeah, Revved Up mm. Conversations about whatever <laughs> topic we think um, we want to discuss at the moment. Awesome. Um, but we're all over social media as well. Very cool. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. For thank you guys us. for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I'm wishing you guys so much tremendous success. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. We're wishing you the same. Yes. Thank you. And please join us for another episode of Pretty Powerful Podcast. And you can check us out at prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Everyone have an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.